Okay, as y'all know, um, for some of y'all that's been in my 12 uh, months to million dollar uh, business series, um, if you know that this information or the training has been sublime, I mean, it's amazing, uh, can you please put something in the comments to let everybody know that the information you've been getting has been amazing? Can y'all please put in the comments? Yeah, 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 yeah. You said these have been great. Yeah, yep, yep. Cool. If you're on YouTube, you should be able to see my screen directly on YouTube. Uh, but as you guys know, today's um, the 12 months to a million dollars business series is brought to us by, we're sponsored by Bizco Systems. Uh, this is Bizco Builders, um, web designer, page designer. And on Bizco Builder, you have the ability to build your websites, your funnels, your e-commerce stores, your landing pages, build membership portals, courses, and also handle booking for those that take booking and all of that. Because typically, usually what you used to have to do, you used to have to actually um, use like Schedulicity, Acuity with this product, with this product, with ClickFunnels, with LeadPay, with all these other products and companies spending, if you look at your, you know, if you got the best of everything, spending about 400 to $500 a month just to have all of this stuff. And just by using our Bizco Builder, everything is all in one, all in one place. You can actually hook up your merchant accounts and everything that you need directly to the Bizco Builder, whether it's PayPal, Stripe, or a merchant account that we work with and that we use. Um, all of them can, are compatible with using with Bizco Builder. And you, you save um, about, on average, uh, 300 to $400 a month just by using Bizco. That's saving your business an additional $3,600 a month immediately. I mean, a year immediately, allowing for you to um, uh, stay efficient. So when you talk about some of the features that Bizco has, everything that we have on the Bizco Builder is drag and drop. So all types of designs from online stores, we have templates that already are nice, easy to use on this here. Uh, somebody say, am I single? Absolutely not, I'm not single. Y'all are here for class, not to get, not to get, uh, not to get picked up, okay? Not single, I'm married, married, okay? Okay, married, married. All right, so, um, on this here, on this here, um, as you all can see, uh, with the Bizco Builder, we have drag and drop templates. As you guys can see, this is the e-commerce. You can put your restaurants, your dentistry, and anything that you can pretty much use, you're able to use and see that uh, from the medical industry to a membership site, uh, to all of these things, you're able to drag and drop and build your own. Uh, websites uh, from websites here 
to landing pages where people just come to a landing page. As you guys can see right here where it says website, you can choose art, business, church, consulting, fashion, membership, services, personal, and they all change. If you're in the real estate industry, click this real estate button right here and you got some type of template to work with where they can come and look at property listings, testimonials, properties that are available. They can schedule a uh, uh, schedule appointments with you look at the video tour some of the properties that you have and all of these are you know you can start with one and then kind of drag and drop then we got landing pages as you guys can see this landing page where they come to the page for your book uh, come to the page for um, just a little drop-in then come to the page for all of these things as y'all can see right there As y'all can see, what's going on, past the uh, uh, D, Daniels? Hey, listen, uh, I'll be in Atlanta again uh, shortly. So, you know, we got to link up. Last time I didn't have enough time. And then also, lastly, the funnel. Sales products, lead generation, webinars. If you built your business off doing webinars, boom, you can actually drag and drop and put your webinar templates, everything that you need all in one. You, you, you have a, a course or an academy. You can click a funnel where they can actually go ahead, learn about uh, your course, and then they would, when they click start learning, it takes them to. You can build your courses and everything on our platform. Um, and then lastly, as you guys can see, memberships and courses, you can sell your courses and your subscriptions using our platform, everything built in one. The beautiful thing about BizCo, as I was telling you, was that one, not only... Um, are we the ones who uh, own BizCo Builder and BizCo Systems? But most importantly, you're, you're looking at a tech company that have been in the shoes that you've been in, right? From building traditional business to building online business uh, to starting from bootstrap, starting with no money at all, no income, uh, starting with working with no income, barely any income and all those other things. I think it's very important for us to understand uh, that having uh, solutions that are affordable, that will allow for you to do what you got to do. And then also here, as you guys can see, you'll be able to keep track of your uh, your all-time subscriptions, your monthly recurring revenue, uh, how many people are counseling, how many are still active. You can build your courses inside of our back office, as you guys can see right there. I think it's, um, I think it's important to know that we got everything that you need on there. Okay. Y'all ready for class? If you're ready for class, press the number two. If you're ready for class, press the number two. We got Zeno on here. What's going on? Uh, business series. Uh, merchant. Account. Charge. Backs. I'm just typing in the title on IG of the class. Currently, what I'm typing in, I'm going to pin it. I'm going to pin it now. 
Hold on, y'all. I'm looking for my comment. Yeah. Boom. All right. So class is officially in session. My name is Dr. Jake Taylor Jacobs. I'm a business developer. Um, I'm behind several uh, multi-million dollar brands and businesses. I got started off in the financial industry by building an insurance firm that focused on building generational wealth while allowing people to enjoy their capital and cash flow today. Um, and I'm the creator of the Private Banking Blueprint, which is, I would like to say, a 2.0 modern version of Infinite Banking Systems by Nelson Nash. Uh, one of the biggest things that I'm very proud uh, to say and I'm very proud to mention um, and keep note of is simply um, I like just being straightforward about stuff and I like transparency. I think that transparency is very key to building authentic relationships between your customers, um, your clients, your staff, your team, your employees, business owners, and all things that are important for us to be able to progressively build uh, businesses and brands that can stand the test of time. I think it's very important for us to understand that as we're looking to generate wealth, as we're looking to build successful companies, businesses as an entrepreneur, or even be an investor that invests in companies and businesses, you have to be able to see, determine, and evaluate what's a great product, opportunity, business proposition, or service that you're investing into and know, um, you know, and know the functions of uh, the sustainability of the company, which will allow for you to know if the company's in it for the long haul. One of the biggest things I want to make sure that I pay attention to is that I want to teach you the real, not show you the reels. And what I mean by I want to teach you the real, not show you the reels, that's actually a, a comment that was given to me by our uh, head of communication on one of the posts that I put. But it stuck with me because a lot of times when it comes to business, right, you see everybody talking about all of the fun, amazing things about business. We talk about the money. We talk about the cars. We talk about um, we talk about the enjoyment. We talk about the lifestyle. We talk about um, we talk about uh, you know flying and vacations. You see jets, but one of the hardest things and the most often things that we fail to see are people keeping it real. Um, yeah, we talk about keeping it real. Uh, there's not a lot of people that are actually keeping it real, real, showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly. I got a friend, his name is CEO Mighty J, um, and he's in Atlanta. He's one of the ones that, you know, talks about documenting the process all the way through, um, which is why I like to resonate with people who live their mistakes out loud. One of the biggest things and the hardest things for us to do, especially as businessmen and businesswomen, are to learn how to live our mistakes out loud. We're so scared of messing up. We're so scared of scrutiny that we don't go out there to do anything. And so what we have to understand is that when it comes to building a successful business, you have to learn how to mitigate your emotions when it comes to the high. And what I mean by mitigate, I mean control, manage, right? You have to learn how to manage, uh, manage your emotions when things are going amazing. And you also have to learn how to manage your emotions when things are going down. Here's why. Let me tell you, because business is about the ebbs and flows of life. Just like your heartbeat is up and down when you look at the monitor for the screen of your heartbeat. Just like when you look at the stock market up and down. However, when you look at the longevity of a business, you talk about being here for eons and times and, and being able to have a brand that sustains, you know, more than just your generation, but that can last multi-generational. You have to understand the importance of building a sustainable brand that can 
can indeed endure tough and hard times. And so that's why today I want to make sure on the 12 months to a million dollars that I just didn't teach y'all. Uh, you know, the ways, the, the, the easy way, you know, just talking about the simple stuff like selling a product, making the money, taking the profits, investing it back in and building it all out again. I want to talk to you all about the real, the ugly, the dirt of business that will allow for you to have a stronger stomach because you know what to expect coming in. OK, you know what to expect coming in. And I think that's one of the hardest things in business is that it's not that you're too scared to get started. You just don't know the full um, uh, you just are unaware or unsure on the full gravity of business. Um, and so because so many people have shown us so many false narratives of what business looks like, you don't even trust, um, you don't even trust, uh, yourself when, when you're, when you're talking about going after the business or dreams that you want to go. Okay. So. Um, so let's talk about the uh, talking about refunds and chargebacks and dealing with disgruntled customers and clients. And so if you're on YouTube, what I want you to do, I want you to look at this. this I want you to look at this uh, customers. And I want you to understand one thing. I want you to understand one thing. If you're on YouTube, you can see my screen directly. I've shared it. If not. Um, you should be able to see what I draw up here on IG. One of the things that we have to understand is that um, a lot of us get into business, entrepreneurship and ownership for the thought that you want to be your own boss. But the, to the truth be told, um, you wanting to be your own boss is not a true acronym or is not a true statement when you talk about getting into business or entrepreneurship. Here's why. Because you will always have a boss, whether you're working at a job, whether you're working in your career, whether you are self-employed or rather uh, whether you uh, are, are building a successful business by yourself as the CEO or as the chairman of the company. Because when you what I want you to understand is that this one word right here, customers, customers are your boss. Now, um, what I mean by customers are your boss, I mean by saying this. No, they cannot tell you the direction of your company. No, no, they cannot tell you what product you should or you, that you want to bring out. No, but there are there are good litmus tests and a litmus test is just like a little testing system um, that 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 tells you how far something can kind of go or or the standard of what something is. But there are good litmus tests to let you know if you're on the right track or if you need to make adjustments, okay? And so when it comes to dealing with customers, understanding that the customers, we talk about using other people's money to grow your business and grow your wealth for your family so that you can be able to provide staffing and opportunities for people in your community. Well, you gotta understand, OPM, your businesses cannot thrive off of, uh, without having customers. You can get outside investors all you want. You can get outside investors to invest into your business or into your brand. But if you do not get customers um, to actually purchase from you, no matter how many investors you get to float your company, when, you know, to be able to get it to grow and to scale, if you do not have customers that actually back that product or service, you are having issues. Okay. So one of the biggest things I want you to understand in dealing with customers is also dealing when they are dissatisfied. OK, one of the biggest things I want us to focus on today is being uh, dealing with dissatisfied customers or clients. And the very first thing that you have to do, especially being a company that wants to laugh, uh, to, wants to uh, last a long time, you have to deal with the, the hard conversations up front. 
But one of the biggest things we're dealing with hard conversations up front with customers that are dissatisfied is getting all of the reports data before you talk to your disgruntled or angry or dissatisfied customer. One of the biggest things you have to remember is that they purchased the product or service from you out of one good faith because they believed or because they had a they the product was working for them already and when you delivered another product or another product offer if they're dissatisfied with that product offer and things of that nature you have to then what you have to assess all of the angles of why that customer is dissatisfied and unhappy get all the evidence that you need and then come up with a resolution or address the customers that are not happy here's why because if one person on your team is saying one thing and then another person is uh, communicating another thing another person is communicating another thing one is going to make the company or the brand looks like that is chaotic on the inside but two is not going to give the customer confidence to know that you're going to find a solution that's going to best fit them and also help your company stay alive well and moving forward we're going to talk about merchant accounts here in a second and how merchant account works and so i'll talk to you about chargebacks and refunds and all those things okay but the biggest thing we have to understand is that when you're dealing with your customers just as you are excited we're working with this customer when things are going well and the money is high and the money is great you have to to be able to deal with the customer when things are not going well why because the customer can tell you how to make your system better your customer will tell you how to make your product, your service, your system better. And can I tell you something? Um, uh, having a customer that is un that is not happy about your product, your service, or or the delivery, or how fast something came out, is absolutely important. Here's why: because they're like a paid critic, right? They have a vested interest in you fixing that problem they have a vested interest in you solving these uh, giving a solution they have a vested interest in that product or that brand actually working and sustaining itself okay this is what I want you to understand and so when I'm looking at the the the, the customer who is upset to deny the customer um, the ability to express why they are upset or not give them an outlet will not allow for your brand or business or structure or model to be able to grow and develop. You got to remember, in entrepreneurship, even if you go to school, right, you get an MBA, you get a PhD in business administration or, or investing or anything like that, um, yes, it will be saved, uh, uh, or anything like that. Uh, one of the biggest things you got to understand is that there is no true understanding of the knowledge that you have in your head until there's applied experience, experience that you have went through to be able to determine every single one of the products that we love and that we use today has dealt with some type of scrutiny and people being upset about the product or service. Why? Because if you give them a place where they can actually give you information and data back, when you come out with better solutions or deny or stop another that product from ever being distributed again, you at least know what the people think about the product. You know what they think about the service. You know what they think about um, uh, the solution that you're providing and you can have a, a better understanding with about how you can actually position your company, your brand, your product or whatever for the best ways to win. Okay. Um, now, um, one of the biggest things about being honest and being open, right? Um, as I, as you guys can see, I document everything. 
One of the biggest problems that we're currently having within our company is that there was a product that was delivered uh, that didn't go through all the measuring checks to ensure that it was going to work in its solution, right? In its full, in its full solution. So a product was delivered with the expectation to help aid the uh, the students that we have in one of our education companies uh, uh, with the effort to um, help them along as they worked on the product, uh, you know, their their education process so they, until they learned how to do things themselves. Well, well, let's look at let's look at the problems that's going on, right? When you have a product that did not fulfill its obligation or you have a product that did not do what it was supposed to do, there's a couple of things that you must do as an owner of a brand, whether you drop the product or not, whether the product went through its proper due diligence, you as the owner or you as the person that's in sole responsibility of that business, the very first thing you have to do, you have to take accountability. You have to take accountability and taking accountability is also realizing one that you need to collect all data that you need to collect all data. Okay. Um, what do you mean by collecting all data, collecting all feedback, not just about the product that didn't deliver, but you also have to collect feedback on how they felt, how your customers felt about your communication in the process, how they felt about your response time in the process. How did they feel about the connectivity that they have with the brand? Are they upset at the product or are they upset at the brand in total? Are they upset at the company in, in, its, uh, in its oversight of everything or are they just mad about the product, right? Because the resolution that you have will have to be able to fit the true complaint. Now, Jake, what exactly do you mean? Jake, what exactly do you mean? What I mean by uh, 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 does it fit the true complaint is it's kind of like being in a relationship. It's kind of like being in a relationship. And when you're in a relationship, right, one person is saying something, but they're meaning something else, right? You're, you're hearing the information and you're responding to them based on what you heard, but you're not understanding why they're truly upset, right? So if you were to give, so if you, before collecting all the data, before finding what the true complaint is, and if you were to then give them their money or their resource back, but you don't know the true complaint and you don't have all of the data, it's going to be hard for you not to make that mistake again. Listen, can I tell y'all something? When it comes to building a public business or a public brand, um, um, when it comes to building a public business and a public brand, one of the biggest things that you have to understand is that these things don't happen in private. They happen in the public, okay? And this is one of the biggest problems that in my company, one of my companies right now, that we're dealing with. This is a big issue that we're dealing with. And I'm publicly, like we publicly come out here and we talk to y'all about training and business and all of that. I also want to publicly address what one of our companies, not all of them, but just one of our companies are dealing with at this moment. And as the CEO or, 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 the, or the person behind, behind the machine, it's important for me to collect all of this data so that I can, when I do address or when I do deal with the issue or matter at hand, 
I can ensure that we never lose the trust of the customers, that we don't put ourselves in the same position because it's about trial and error. So as I'm collecting all of this, as I'm listening to the true complaints, as my ear is to the ground and I'm listening to the grumbles and the aches and pains of our consumers that have trusted in one of our brands, it's important for me to hear this information so that when I deliver the money or the resource back to them, I can ensure that the, as a brand, we have learned from our mistakes and we have moved forward. Okay. That we have learned from our mistakes and that we have moved forward. Now, what I will tell you, okay, when you're collecting, uh, when you're taking, we finding accountability, you're collecting our data, you're finding the true complaint. Now at this moment, this is when you have to start finding ways to be able to provide them what they're asking for, which is the money resource based on this. And this is where we're going to get to chargebacks and refunds. And I think it's very important that, I, that, that we understand this and that we move forward. Oh, that's from insurance that we move forward so that you guys can not only learn from the successes that we've had, but you can also learn from the mistakes that we have. Clear strokes right here, clear strokes. So that you can also learn from some of the mistakes that we've made um, in business. All right. So you may say, Jake, why in the hell would you be talking about this right now? Right? Why in the hell would you be talking about this right now? Why in the hell uh, should we be talking about this right now? It's very simple. The reason why this has to be talked about is because as I'm teaching y'all in the 12 months to a million dollar uh, blueprint series or business series, I was talking to y'all about the sales, how to do the product, how to do this, how to do this, how to price your product, how to collect the data, how to dis dis uh, dissemble or how to do these things. But you cannot talk about those things. And I gave you examples, but you cannot talk about those things without talking about the things that are important. The merchant account, chargebacks, refunds, and, and dissatisfied customers or clients. And how to kind of navigate through that process and what to do. Okay. So with one of the products that we've had, uh, we gave over $1.2 million back in chargebacks refunds and merchant fees and as you guys know that once I wrap up this entire course um, and I PDF everything I'm also going to PDF and document uh, today is the 19th and also going to document the day of the 19th so you can see the statements so I can show you the mistakes that we made also the successes that we made so you have a full blueprint okay so since then in dealing with this matter, we've got $1.2 million in chargebacks, refunds, and merchant fees. Now, the problem with this and dealing with this is that although we have started to process uh, uh, chargebacks and process getting our customers and our students their money back, the biggest thing that you have to understand is that you cannot, as a, as a brand or as a business, okay, you cannot just give the money back and also not again listen to the real reason of the complaint and why they were really dissatisfied. So as you get to step three, as you get to step three and you do start doing this process right here, you have to still continue to listen to the true complaint.
You have to you have to still collect data. Right? You have to still collect all of the data. You have to still listen to the true complaint as you begin to distribute back what they're saying that they want. Why is this important? Again, because in business, so that you don't repeat the same mistakes. So that you don't repeat the same mistakes. It's very important. Very important. So that you don't complete the same mistakes. Uh, so one of them, let me pause, let me pause the class real quick. This is a live class that I'm teaching. Everybody, uh, everybody that, um, has a question or response, everybody that has a question or response on IG currently right now, I don't have any, I don't have any, uh, I got one on YouTube. I'm going to answer your responses after the class. Okay. I'm going to answer uh, your responses after the class. Okay. So I'm teaching the class right now that I've been teaching every day that I can at 1 PM live for free on IG. Uh, uh, so we're going to, we're going to address some of those questions here. And then also on top of that, uh, for those that are in that customer, uh, uh, space, uh, one of the brands that we have that are, that are upset and upset, upset and angry. Um, me and Ben are actually doing a live with y'all Tuesday, uh, and Jake and, uh, LaRonda, La uh, have set that up. Okay. So back to the class back to the class. Okay. All right. So now dealing with that, right? Again, why? Because in business, right? It is our job to provide a solution. It is your job to provide a service to people where about which they feel like they need. And you know that you can deliver. Listen, when you deliver a product, okay? You have to know that you're going to deliver because whatever you say about the product, if it does not deliver, remember, because your customers are not just purchasing the product. Your customers are not just purchasing the product based on uh, uh, just the product alone. They also are purchasing the product based on your brand's reputation, the revenue that comes with it in the description of what describes what they are receiving. Okay. In the description that they're going to, um, uh, de uh, describe what they are receiving. Okay. That's why I think it's very, 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 very important. Okay. So as you are doing this, you may have a solid product, right? Let's say solid product. You may have a solid product. You may have a solid product. Okay. But if the description of the product is not in full, what they're going to receive, this can cause strife. This can cause strife in the relationship that you're trying to build with a lifelong customer or client, right? Is reciprocity. As I give, I give back. This is the thing that we got to understand, okay? Y'all got this, right? So, 
Y'all ready? So, when it comes to that, can leave leave that alone. They got a right to be upset, and they can be. This is what class is. It evokes emotion, and we 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 teach and we learn through what we go through. Okay, you can't talk about the good and not deal with the bad. Gotta take it with your chin up. That's business. All right, check take it with your chin. So. When you're talking about a solid product in the description of the product and you see the relationship that you're trying to build with the consumer, you see the relationship uh, uh, that you're trying to build with the consumer, you also have to understand this, ladies and gentlemen. You got to understand this, that say, for an example, you sold a product, right? And the product did what you thought in your mind it would do. But there are things inside the description that it also says that it would do that it has not done. So when the customer is upset and they want their money back, it's a lot of times it has nothing to do with what the product did or did not do. It has a lot to do with what the description said it would do and it did not do. So when that happens and the customer asks for money back or they go through their bank for a charge back, you cannot just give them their money back and not get the reason for the true complaint in the collected data. Why? Because if you do not get that information, what's going to stop you from making the same mistake? What's going to stop you from making the same mistake? Nothing at all will stop you from making the same mistake if you do not properly go and collect. Oh, Lord. Hold on. What happened now? I just did a little. Okay, boom. If you do not properly go and collect the information and data. Why is y'all why Jake? Why are you sitting and you talking about this? Because y'all know that when we've been talking about this 12 months to a million dollars business series that I've been teaching on Instagram and YouTube, one of the biggest things that you have to understand is that when you talk about this accountability and about collecting data and finding the true complaint, this is also how you create new products. This is also how you create new products. Jake, what do you mean how you create new products? I'll help you understand. What do you need in order to create a fire product? You have to what? You have to collect data. data. You have to, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bam. Wait, bam. You have to what? You have to, y'all know what we talk, what I taught in this class. You have to collect data. Why? Because you cannot just drop a product without knowing what your customers want. That's when you begin to lose money. When you drop products that you don't know your customer wants or needs. That's when you lose money. So you got to collect the data. Wait, 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 Jake. So you got to collect data the same way you got to own up to mistakes that you may have made in your product that you offer to the public? Yes. Why? 
because business is nothing but science. Y'all, having a successful business is nothing of having a successful business is nothing of uh, nothing but putting your science uh, testing your products. What works, what doesn't work? Shit, that blew up. Okay, that blew up. How can I resolve or fix this issue? How can we move forward? And how can we not make the same mistake again? Remember, when we started this class, I told you that you had to learn how to balance and manage the highs and the lows. Because how you manage the highs and how you manage the lows will determine the longevity of your business. How you handle the highs and also how you handle the lows will tell you straightforward how long your business will survive. But if you're not in the game of entrepreneurship just to get the bag, put some handles on there, but you're in it to truly provide a solution to the public, when you're trying to be a solutionist, when you're trying to be a solutionist, you must understand that you will, in fact, make mistakes and blow shit up. But it's how you handle the mistakes and when shit is blown up that will allow for you to be in a position to collect data Find the true complaints so that when you what? When I collect the data, I find the true complaints. What's this? I find the problem. I find the problem. Isn't that how you create a product? You collect the data. You find the people's true pain points and then you give the solution after you know what the problem is. You give the solution after you know what the problem is. How do you create a product? You create the product after you know what the problem is and based on what data can you prove that this problem is a big enough problem. That's how you create winning brands and winning solutions and winning products. Okay. Now, let's answer the next question. What is a chargeback? And I'm also going to tell you how to make sure that you don't make the same mistakes that we did. Y'all ready? Um... Uh, oh yeah, that's what I was saying. Chargeback. What is a chargeback? I feel like this is stuff that you don't learn in business. Everybody talks about the transactions, 
but they never talk about, but they never talk about the issue. Uh, uh, the hard parts of business is when people want their money back, when they're dissatisfied, when they're upset. When they're upset. All right, so a chargeback is when your customer. goes to the bank and request their money back for a transaction. A chargeback is when a customer goes to the bank to request their money back from a transaction. Okay. The bank then goes to the business and asks them WTF, WTFH. <laughs> the bank then goes, the bank then goes to the business and say, what the F happened? <laughs> That's what the bank does. Goes to the business and say, what the bank, what the F happened? Okay. Now, this is where the chargebacks can be defended. They can be, uh, they can be reversed or they can be let through. Okay. So let me, let me also say this. This is what I want to tell y'all. Let me also say this, that in business, not the, not with the, the particular case that I'm talking about with one of my brands, but in business, there are customers that be doing trifling shit. They will purchase your product. They will purchase your product. They will use your product and then call their bank and say, I don't know what the product is. It didn't work. And they never send the product back. There are some customers that take a electronic product, use the product, and then call the company back and say, I don't want to use it no more. But they really got what they wanted out of it. Okay. Uh, there are other customers Who just, who just scammers? <laughs> They'll buy your product. Let's say a course. They'll go through your course in a day or two. When they go through your course in a day or two, then they'll go and extract the information and then give it back to you and say that it's not what they thought that it was. That's what happens. 
So the, the, the person is not going directly to the business, but they say, man, I'm about to go to the bank. Ask the bank for my money back. He said, especially with OnlyFans. <laughs> man, and then the bank gives them the money back. And a lot of times what happens, customers think that just because the bank gave them the money back, that they were in the right. Some banks wait until the chargeback has settled. Some banks wait until the chargeback was disputed. And some banks up front give it to you. They deal with the bank, the business on the back end. And if the business provides enough information, they'll go and ask, the, they'll go and draft the money back out the customer's account because it was proven. Y'all got it? So, so the bank goes to the business and say, man, what the fuck, what the F happened? What the F happened? The business has a couple of things. The business can do a few things. Let's just say, uh, let's just say if you, you run a company where the majority of your products are electronic. Well, in commerce, dealing with electronic products. If you download the product, watch the product, receive the product by email, um, uh, email, uh, uh, Dropbox drive or something like that. That is actually considered a, a, a valuable transaction. And if the business can support that and, and prove that the bank would then go back and retract the money from the customer. Okay. A lot of people think that just because you go to your bank, that that's it. The business has, the business usually has about 45 days to defend the chargeback and to get it back. Now, fellas or ladies that run a business, now, fellas that or ladies that run a business, just because you 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 may have received the chargeback. And your merchant processor will talk about that at the end. And your merchant processor just pulls the money out your account as an ACH. You can still defend the chargeback if you have your proof. Okay. So one of the things that people don't understand, which is why going into the online space and offering digital products is very key and clear is because the moment that they download or you see them, like when you're using like course similar, you create a course, right? You can actually look at how long somebody went through your course and use that as data to prove that they use the product, right? Because, because when you're offering the product or whatever, right? Just if you're looking at it from a transactional stage, right? The transaction of the product says, if I sold you the product and you used it, that's the transaction of the business. Well, then that piece right there, you kind of trail and you kind of have, you're stepping on like, um, you're stepping in a pool of stuff that you may want to not really navigate too much or too tough on it. Because although you may win with the bank, you may forever lose the trust of the customer. Now, let me just say this and be quite frank. 
Let me, let me give you something and be quite frank. Okay, I'm going to give y'all something and be quite frank. I would much rather, I would much rather, if I know that it was a product um, that didn't deliver, and although I may be able to prove the transaction happened, the download was received, and be able to prove that they agreed to the terms and conditions or agreed to something, right? If you have a term and condition, let's say no refund or after uh, um, uh, in 14 days, if you if you don't give your money back in 14, if you don't ask for a refund in 14 days, that this was that that dissolves your refund capabilities. I would much rather tell the bank or not respond to the bank and take the L on the chargeback than to lose the complete trust of a customer that is still going to patron my business. If you know that they're not going to patron your business anymore, and you know that that, that business, they're never coming to you again, or if you have the ability, you can actually blacklight, black, uh, it's called black, uh, it's called black, ah, damn, I can't think of it. Darn. But you can, in any business with any merchant, you can actually um, um, save a client's information and not allow for them to ever purchase from you again. You may say, Jake, how can you put yourself to where you not allow that customer to purchase from you again? You can save the last four of the debit card or credit card. You can save uh, their information as a customer and you can actually put in a merchant account not to allow anybody to purchase from you. Because one of the things that you have to understand, especially blacklisted, yeah, thank you. It's called blacklisted. One of the things that you have to understand, especially when it comes to selling products online, it's very simple. Every product has an IP account or IP address. And every IP address is pinged to the online merchant service. Every IP address is pinged to the online merchant service. Okay? So what happens with it being pinged is that if say if somebody was purchasing a product from you and you said that only one of you from this house can purchase this product with this discount. If you look at, you can literally look at the uh, geographics of your customers. You can actually, you can actually um, track IP addresses to be able to determine if there's fraudulent activity happening in a house or at a business or, or um, uh, at, at some facility or establishment that you may think there are a black, it's called black lighting, not blacklisted, but this is called like gaslighting you or, 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 or trying to get over on you. And you can actually track all that and report that to the bank and also report that to the police to defend or protect you. 